Bible says, while they stood up, while you stand up, lift up your hands and pray to the Lord. Amen. So we pray when you are standing up. It's time. Amen. Mighty Lord Jesus, Father, we want to thank you for your ways. I want to thank you, Lord, for your grace. I want to thank you, Father, for amazing grace. Lord, it is amazing, Father, that we who are loved, Father God, could be found, Father God, by your grace and by your mercy, Father. To call us in this last day, Father God, to proclaim you, O oh God, and to live and save you, Father. Father, before now, Lord, we ask your mercy, your grace, Lord, you must come and anoint this over oh, my deportation, Father, for the cause that we are here, O oh God, that we are born on earth for, Lord. For each man and woman that comes upon this earth, there's good effort that you have called him and to be here on earth for oh, oh God. And Lord, we cannot run away, Father, from your purpose. We cannot run away from the cause that you brought us upon this earth, Father. Lord, why you lead us, Father, we want to know what you want us to do. We want to know what you would want us to do, Father, for your kingdom of God and for thee, Lord. For we are a sacrifice unto thee, Lord Almighty. Bless, O oh God, the reading of the word, O oh Father. Most of Father, bring, O oh God Almighty, an understanding, Father, of the kingdom of God. Because you said, for if you shall understand and see the kingdom of God, then you would know you, O oh God. Help us, Father God. As we proclaim this gospel, oh God Almighty, and hope that this word be received, not only to among his past father, but it can go as far and wide wherever it will go and reach, oh God, may it be a seed unto them that shall hear, especially more so, Father, to them that surround, oh God Almighty, this area and community, oh God, of what for the headphone shall, Father, and we broadcast this message, oh God, across, Father God, the, oh God Almighty, this area, oh God, we ask your mercies, Father God, we ask your elected seed, oh God, whom you can only draw, oh Father, that they would know, oh God, you said, my sheep, oh God, hear me, and when they hear me, they know my voice. May they know the voice of God, not of a man of God. We ask all your blessings upon this in Jesus Christ's precious holy name. Amen and amen. 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 As a continuation of our series, Amen, we want to read uh, from the book of Revelation. It's good to be in a series at times because when you're in a series, you have time and the, the, your mind to concentrate yourself and to to kind of give yourself a time to focus on a particular subject, uh, which when you touch that particular subject as the word of God is eternal, it will can take you anyway within the book of Bible, within the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? Because one word is eternal and the Bible is eternal. Amen. So we've been we were trying to put a <clears throat> A, a, a series with the, with the aim and motive that we discussed and said often that you have a vision for what God and that vision that we have for what God is going to have a foundation. And as we look upon the Patmos vision which uh, was given unto John, we draw an inspiration from that Patmos vision to see how the Patmos vision is similar to or Goromite the vision that we have for what God. Amen. And that is similar to for any person that would have to start a fellowship or start a church. The prophet says that if you want to start a fellowship or start the, the church, you start with the word of God. Amen? So we see how he, the Lord here was starting the church of the living God, which is the bride, the Gentile church, started on the day of Pentecost with the inauguration of, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
But here we want to focus on this vision that he was given unto uh, John. <coughs> and we shall read from uh, one, Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 1. Amen. You can put the slide on. <coughs> While we read from chapter 1, verse 9. And I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom, and patience of God, he, of Jesus Christ, was in the house that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we spoke about how John was really there because of the persecutions that was going on in that time and day. And John was the last of the disciples to die. And when he was, when he was being persecuted, they tried all means to kill him. And they could not. So they ended up taking John to an island, which was 30 miles away from Asia. And in that island, he was there for almost two years, among his snakes, rivers, and all sorts of things, which people used to be thrown in that land. Nobody would come back alive. But John came back alive after two years. And even not so did John come back alive after two years. He came back with a vision, which we are talking about and we are taking inspiration from. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and, and heard behind me a great voice of a, of a trumpet. We went along with what the spirit on the Lord's day is and the voice of the trumpet. Amen. <clears throat> and how we spoke about how that trumpet is the trumpet of the last day trumpet. Amen. The seventh trumpet that is going to come and resurrect the, li the, 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 the living, the, 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 the saints that are, that are dead in Christ. Amen. They are just asleep. And we which are alive shall be caught up with it. But that seventh trumpet will also be a message going forth to Israel. Amen. And how we said here, we, we counted the number 13. Is it? Yeah, 13. 6 plus 6 plus 1. Amen. Typified by how we went into, how Joshua went into Jericho. And for six days he went around the city, Jericho. But on the seventh day he went seven times. Amen. Means on the seventh day he went six times. Like what he done each day, but on the seventh day, he also went the seventh time, and that brought the wall of Jericho down. And we went and typed that how the church ages had been before, but Brother Barnum came and split the church ages again. And then on that same day, he was putting the church ages again, he also was his seventh day. Amen. Same with the seals. Amen. Same with the trumpets. Amen. Same with the Bibles. Amen. And we shall go on as we. If the Lord gives us grace to talk about those things in the future. Amen. But I wanted you to get that. So that people would, people often mistake that because they think that this is something that is going to come when some things have already happened or are happening. And they're happening right before their eyes and they don't know it. And by the time that they were, the, 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 the final thing happens, they'll say, how come this thing was supposed to happen? Amen. But things happen when people are not aware. Amen. Glory be to God. Anyway, we'll, we'll continue on that inspiration on another day and saying I am Alpha and the, and the Omega the first and the last what thou seest write in a book and he sent it unto the seven churches which are in Asia unto Ephesus unto Smyrna unto Pegamos unto Thyatira unto Sardis unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea we ought to know these churches, seven churches by heart. Amen. They are the churches which God has ordained that these are phases of stages and ages that are going to come. 
Amen. We shall talk about the seven church ages as we go along. Amen. And I tend to see the voice of one that spoke with me. Being changed, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Like unto the Son of Man. I mean, John wasn't too sure there that he was trying to figure out who like him. But then, here we go. He then says, clothed with a garment down to his foot, gathered about the paps with a golden candle. And his head and his hair were like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as the flame of fire. And his feet like unto the grass. And as if he turned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. And there we were, we were on verse 15, last time we met. So John was now describing the one like unto. He was describing certain characteristics of one that person like unto. Amen? And we saw that those characteristics were none other than Jesus Christ and his church. They were together, the bride and the church, all together in that description that was being given. Because he, he couldn't tell whether it was a man or whether it was a woman. Because he, also, he was also dressed, he was also a girl wearing a garment as if he's dressed like a woman, but yet he's a man. Amen? So it was a joined up bride of Jesus Christ and him himself. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Amen? And now we are on verse 16, which is our inspiration and subject today. And we shall, but we shall go for maybe one step back as we wait upon the Lord. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of the word. You may be seated. Amen. Just for five minutes, we want to we want to listen to this portion. We we sleep because it's it's this. Okay. Are we streaming? We don't have the internet. John was describing as the characteristics of God. Amen. These are characteristics that identified who this person is. Each one of us has got a particular characteristic that we are born with because each individual is born with a unique features. Those features cannot be shared from one person to the next person. We are all unique in our own way. Amen. But that uniqueness that we have, that you have in that individual way that God has made you, you are made in that uniqueness for you to express something about your uniqueness. Amen. And we all need one another in that unique way that we have. And our unique way is the one that identifies us. Amen. So here, God was being identified by these characteristics that, that he was... Um, that he was um, showing that he had. Amen. So one of the characteristics was that it was one voice that he had. But that one voice that he had 
was seemingly like a voice of so many people talking at the same time. Amen. It was the voice of one person speaking, but that one voice seemingly looked like it was waters. Have you ever been in a place where there's a fall or waterfalls or a place where there's, there's water, you go to a river and there's the waters are coming by and there's a come to a fall, all of a sudden you hear the thunder of waters falling on a fall. It and this was like what the sound was. It was the sound of one person, but it was the sound as if it was many people. Waters speaking. Amen. So as this water is not connecting. As this waters were, were speaking again, come and try again. As these people as, as, as these waters were, 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 were speaking, it seemingly and put me on the side if you can. <clears throat> as these waters were were, were 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 speaking, each one had an identity. Let me wait. Because I'm getting distracted. Let me wait and see, get this topic. Because I don't want to get distracted and get pissed off at the same time. We spoke about how those fine grass was judgment, and judgment of God is given as grass, but the judgment of God is given as it has already gone past. Grass is judgment, it is gone past. Excuse me, blessing, can you go and sit over there? Leave that. <coughs> And his voice is the voice of many waters. It's the sound of many waters. This is the portion that we wanted to 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 sing, to, to, to hear from, the sound of many of many waters. Now the prophets in that portion which we wanted to hear, by God's grace, I also made a few slides, so I'm just going to talk about what the prophet says in that portion we're going to sing. It says the voice of many waters. What does waters represent? If you want to mark it down, change to Revelation 17, 15. You find that the Bible says the water which thou sowest is sickness and multitudes and people and tongues. All right, voice. It wasn't as if it was voices, but it was just one voice. Amen. But the waters are peoples, multitudes, and tongues. It was different people that are in, that are like representing the waters. Voice of many waters. What is his voice? It is the judgment. The voice of the ministers through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That cried out to the people in the every age standing there. And you are now John was seeing all the ages that were there. John had been transported from the day he was living in, which was around AD 95, 96, and they gone beyond us and was seeing the very last. Amen. The way John was seeing it, he was seeing the end, hallelujah, from the beginning. Amen. This is how God is when he wants to show forth what he does to his people. God shows people not the beginning of things. He shows people at the end of things. Amen. So a vision is trying to show you what is going to be the ultimate, the end of a thing. Hallelujah. Because if you are shown just the end, in the troubles that are going to go through, the hardships that are going to go with it, and everything else, you would lose faith. You would, no, you would not lose the, the will to go forward. You, you are not shown all the troubles that are going to go through. You are shown the end 
of the everything, and the end of it is always a good thing. When God was drawing people from Egypt unto the promised land, he never told them about the wilderness, of how they were going to get hungry, of how they were going to find no food or thirsty, or, 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 or the serpents that were going to, to be in the wilderness, of the dry ground and the fight, and what they were going to do, and along the way they were going to receive a law. No, God just told them the land that thou goest is full of milk and honey. Amen. Because milk and honey is sweet. Hallelujah. So their anticipation would be stimulated to what they are going to go to. Hallelujah. So even in our day-to-day work, God has not called us and shown us what is going to happen a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. But he's given, surely given us a true promise that there is a heaven to go to. And he says, I have not seen, nor ears heard what is reserved for the children of God, what heaven will be like. It is so sweet, so glorious, that none of us would ever want to miss heaven. Hallelujah. So when you have the anticipation that the heaven is a sweet, hallelujah, then God along the way, he gives you tests of it. He gives you elements of wanting you to keep you going. He drops certain things that are sweet about the heaven. He drops certain things that are good about heaven so that your, your motivation and your anticipation for what heaven is going to be like is kept on going. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So yes, John is seeing this voice. Amen. And the voice of God's servant starts in his hand to every church. Preaching. Now John is seeing what that voice is going to do throughout all which every church age. So throughout every church age, that one voice, hallelujah, is going to be preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in Jesus' name. Speaking in tongues is still the same voice, voice of voice of many waters, preaching and talking about speaking in tongues. Amen. It has not changed yet. Amen. It's still there. Hallelujah. The power of God, the resurrection of Christ, the second coming, divine judgment, the voice of many waters came forth from this one. Hallelujah. It was that one that John was looking unto, and he wasn't too sure whether that is a man or that is a woman or what type of a person he is, but there were certain characteristics that John could see that all oh, those eyes, oh, the, the eyes, the feet, the eyes, oh, those feet, the feet of, of a brass, amen, oh, he's got a golden candle round about his brass, and yet he was so used to the priest wearing candles or bells around the waist. And all these characteristics were describing an individual. An individual which you wanted to identify that this was identification of a particular person named the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This voice of many waters came from this one that looked like the Son of Man. Many waters. See the seven candlesticks, seven lampstands standing, a rainbow over it as a covenant. How he was appeared. And this voice was the voice of many waters. Now, this is from the message, the seal of God. Now he says, and this voice was the voice of many waters. Both Christ and the church speaking together. Hallelujah. So this voice of many waters was not just Christ himself, but it was Christ and the bride as one individual. As he says, when I shall be with you, even in you. 
Amen. Hallelujah. And then the church is speaking the same thing. So the church today of the living God has got to say the same thing that Jesus Christ said. Hallelujah. Because it is one voice. Amen. With a golden halo round about the great part of the church, covered over, holding the gospel. We spoke about how this golden candle is the truth. Amen. And covered over was the garment, which is up to the foot. Amen. Holding the gospel, the righteousness of Christ over the Christ. Now, as we talk about God's characteristics, Amen. He said in verse 16, <clears throat> Amen. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun strength in his sun shineth in his strength. Now we find that as we are <coughs> as we <coughs> as we as we are talking about these characteristics, there's a characteristic here that he speaks of. Amen. He speaks of in his right hand he has seven stars. And the interpretation of of, 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 of of that seven stars, amen, is given in the book of Revelation. On verse 20, the Bible says, And the mystery of the seven stars which thou sowest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven church ages. Which means those, 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 those church ages which you are seeing, those times that we're talking about, Ephesus and Smyrna, which John was been looked, they among us, each church age and its characteristic is a particular star. And that star was representative of an angel that was for that particular church age. Amen. So these seven stars are representing angels for each church age that was going to come. Amen. And the right hand of God is his right hand of power and authority. We'll talk about the seven stars as we go along in the church ages uh, in the coming weeks to come. But we want to also talk about these other characteristics out of his mouth. Amen. A mouth is there is a characteristic. Every one of, every one of us has got different mouths. Some have got small mouths, some have got big mouths, some have got mouths mouth that, are, that, are, that are thin, some have got big lips, some have got small lips. But Christ also has got a mouth. He also has to speak. Amen. And there was a mouth there. Amen. And here we hear it. And in, in, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 10, a parable while he was speaking, he said, And he called the multitude and he said unto them, Hear and understand. Now there was something that had happened in this parable. Jesus Christ was walking with his, with his disciples. And as often as people, when they are walking, they want to eat. So in this particular parable, the disciples did not wash their hands. It's the tradition of eat. It's when you are washing your hands, you are cleaning your hands so that you can eat. And it is a very good practice, a very good tradition, so that when you wash your hands, it's hygienic. And you should continue to do that. Amen. But on this occasion, the just did not wash their hands. Amen. And he called the multitude and he said unto them, Hear and ascend. Not that which goes into the mouth defies a man. We are talking about the characteristic of a mouth. Amen. And here Christ is talking about the mouth. Amen. So not that which goes into the mouth defies a man. 
But that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. So the mouth can actually defile. Defile means, in, in Shona we say kushibisa, or to make it unclean, or to make it dirty, to make it not, not be able to, to partake of it, to make it something that is filthy. Amen. And Christ is saying, it's not the things that go into the mouth that makes a person dirty and filthy and not be clean or anything. No, no, no. But it's the things that come out of the mouth that makes the person dirty and clean and defile that person. Amen. And so much is this that men today do not take mindful of what is coming out of their mouth. Amen. It is what is coming out of the mouth of a person that makes that person be and clean before God. Amen. Not what is going in the mouth. Not the food that we eat in the mouth. Amen. And then he goes on to explain this parable as we go on. Then answered Peter, because this was an attitude which they had because there had been a question about washing of hands before you eat. And then answered Peter. You know, I like Peter. There was something about Peter that he was so prompt when he did not understand. When a person does not understand particular things, he would ask. So Peter was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Being a disciple means he was a follower of the word of God. Amen? Because Jesus was the word, and the word was with God. So Peter, being a follower of the word of God, when he does not understand something, he would go before the Lord and ask. And so is it today. Amen? Amen? The problem that we have today, today, is people do not ask God. If you can only get the opportunity, if you do not understand a parable of the Lord Jesus Christ, to kneel down before the Lord and say, Lord, may you answer me in the same way you answered the disciples. I'm asking you of this question of doctrine. I'm asking you of this question of understanding. I don't want to just hear it from a man. I want you to give me clarity of this so that I can have a scriptural answer from the word of God that would make and would tie my life to. Amen. If we can also go back to the word of God and ask God for God himself to come and reveal unto us the word of God. Amen. That is what we need to do today. Because we cannot rely our life dependency on a man. We have to cut our life dependency and skip through a revelation from God. Hallelujah. And then Jesus and God will answer. And Jesus says, are you also yet without understanding? Do you not understand whatsoever enters in at the mouth? We are talking about the mouth. The characteristic of God. Goeth into the belly and is cast out into dirt. Means that you can go to the toilet. Whatever you eat, if it's not useful for your body, you can go to the toilet and you can be, it can be cast out. It's not needful. It will not make you dead. It will not make you divided. Because it's just natural. Amen? Mm. But those things which proceeded out of the mouth come forth from the heart. The things that we say do not just come out from the from the things that is there. They are coming from our very hearts. Amen. From our very soul. So it says they define amen. Because the mouth is connected to the heart. And God is more worried about what is coming forth from the heart than is worried about what is going into our mouth. Amen. And they define amen. For out of the heart, now we can see now, he's talking now about that, proceedeth evil thoughts, murderer, adultery, fornication, theft, false witnesses, 
That's famous. These are the things that come out of a man. When he has got no God, when in his heart, there's nothing that is of God. Amen. A man that is born of a woman, shaped in iniquity, and came into the world speaking lies, has got nothing to think about or talk about except the evil and wickedness by condemnation of our place. Amen. But here he says, these are the things which defy a man. But to eat that which is unwashed hands defileth not a man. Amen. But with God it is different. Amen. This is a man because we are talking about men, the mouth of a man. Yes, about what is going in the mouth of a man and what is coming out of the mouth of a man. In Jeremiah, in the Lamentations, when Jeremiah was talking about what characteristics God has, that he has, he says, out of the mouth of the Most High, from the mouth of God, he says, proceeds not evil and good things. The problem we have with our, with our tongues, we can speak good and we can speak bad. The problem we have with the tongue of a man, it can curse and it can bless. Amen. That is what is coming out of the mouth of a man. But with the mouth of God, it is completely different. The mouth of God cannot proceed evil and good at the same time. It cannot bring good water and bad water and sweet water at the same time. Amen. The mouth of God has to produce wine. Hallelujah. Which is always good. Hallelujah. Which is always sweet. Amen. Here we read in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when God was being tempted of the devil, the Lord had been baptized by John, and after his baptism, he went into the wilderness and he fasted 40 days. And while he was fasting 40 days, he became hungry. So hungry was he that he wanted to eat anything because he was coming to the end of his fast. And the devil then came to him because he knew that one of the things that God, Jesus Christ, had his weaknesses is that he loved food. And he knew that when God is at his weakest point, which is when he is weak and he desires to eat food, that is the time I'm going to tempt him. And this is the time that God, this is how the devil operates. You have to know his strategies and his tricks. He wants to get you at your weakest point. When you are not, when you have got your strength and your weaknesses, when you are in your weakest point, then the devil wants to attempt to death. But here's how God overcame the devil. He went back to the word of God. And he says, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but every way that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. So the devil was able, Jesus Christ was able to overcome the devil Using the mouth. Hallelujah. Because it is written, a man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that from the mouth of God proceeds every word. Amen. And every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God can defeat the devil at any time, Amen. at any place, under any circumstances, under any situation. Amen. Amen. If we can get what is the word of God that is proceeding out of the mouth of God, then we know that the devil has been overcome in every situation, in every circumstances. This is how great the mouth of God is. It can overcome the devil in any situation. Whether it be here in Watford, whether it be in our homes, whether it be in our work, you know, in our school places, if we can get what the word of God is saying, then we know that the devil is defeated. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Now when he says it is written, there was some way where it ought to be written. A lot of people just want to say, oh, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the world. But they do not want to go where it is written. Jesus Christ was able to overcome even in the other, in the other, in the other um, child and testing that he had from the devil by saying it is written. He always used to go back to the word of God and say about the situation. It is written. But people do not want to go where it is written. Amen. Here it has been written in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. How men shall not live by bread alone? Amen. For you to go back and read about it, you shall read about how the children of Israel were coming from, the, from Egypt to the promised land. And God fed them with manna every day. And as they were being fed with manna every day, which was coming, that the manna would fall in the morning, and they would go and eat and partake of it, and then that manna would not live until the following day. So they were thinking that they were living out of that bread. It wasn't because they were living out of the bread of the manna that was falling. It was eating because they were living because the word of God had said that there was going to be manna falling from God. God was trying to prove to them and to test them that you are not living just because you are eating the manna. You are living because God's word has said so. Once God's word has been proceeded forth and you put your trust and faith in what the word of God has fulfilled, you can live by the word of God and you will not hunger. Amen. 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 You will get that if you read on Deuteronomy chapter 8. Amen. Amen. For the word of God is quick powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Here we see how this characteristic that this mouth is a sharp, we went out with a two-edged sword. So the mouth of God, out of the mouth of this characteristic of a man, as he was speaking, it went out as a two-edged sword. Amen? In the scripture, in the interpretation of the scripture of the two-edged sword, we find it when, when you read on Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4, for the word of God is quick and powerful. It's not that quick. So that word that was coming out from that man that is being had this voice, it had to be quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Now what does this two-edged sword have to do? That is sword that is oftentimes when you when you see or hear that the men when they are fighting in the old time, they used to fight with swords. Now I don't have an illustration, I wish I put it over there. A sword would be going up and its end over there would be so so pointed, but as it comes forth, it would have two sides. All every side of it was sharp. And on each side it can cut any side. Just like when you are speaking the word of God, it's not just that you are speaking to the people that you are, are hearing the word. The word also speaks to the person that is the speaker. The word of God is not just for the hearers, it is also for the speaker. The word of God shall cut anybody. That which is speaking and that which you are hearing, not that whether it be here or any other place, whether it be in any other church, the person speaking is also being cut by the same word that the person is speaking. Amen. Hallelujah. It's cut both ways. It has got no, 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 no way of saying, ah, it is just for certain people. And this is what the church failed. As the church ages were going forth, at one moment they began to think that the word of God, only the people that are speaking are holy, and the people that are not speaking are unholy. And they made a mistake in there. And we are here in Watford. 
that when you say as the vision for what was goes forth, as we start this fellowship, the word of God should be speaking to the speaker and to the person that are hearing, whether it be me or whether it be any one of the fivefold ministry that will speak from what forth, we want to hear that the word of God is speaking on both sides of the edge. Speaking to the hearer and speaking to the speaker. Hallelujah. Because we are all saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to be more holier than the other one. We all need the same token of the Holy Ghost to enter in vain. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Mm. So is the word of God that cuts both ends. Mm. And how does it cut? Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. So it goes deep down in what man cannot see. Soul and spirit. Of the joints and the marrow. Now there's a soul, a man is good up, a spirit, and of the flesh. So this word of God touches the soul of the person, the spirit of the person, and the flesh, the joints and marrow. When you touch soul, spirit, and flesh, you have touched everything about the man. So this word can go in peace, and then it does. It is so which is between the soul of a person, the spirit of a person, or the flesh of a person. Amen. That's why it is which is needful and is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, when the word is designing the thoughts and intents of the heart, it is different when the word is designing the spirit. The designment of spirits goes into what the spirit has. And we know that in the spirit, we've got those five attitudes of reasoning, of conscience, of affection, of imagination, of what else? Of memory. Those are the things that are in the spirit of a man. Amen. So the word of God with a man that is gifted of discernment or spirit can discern what is in the spirits. Amen. That is a gift that man has been given by God. One of the nine spiritual gifts that has been given to a man. A lot of people do not have that understanding that the discernment of spirits is the discernment of the spirits. Amen. The spirits that are affecting the spiritual being, they could be evil spirits or they could be good spirits. Amen. That is a gift that a person might have. But when it comes to the word of God, it goes beyond, hallelujah, the spirits only, hallelujah, to discern whether this person has got an evil or a wicked spirit, whether this person is possessed, whether the person is of witchcraft, whether the person of this, it goes beyond that. Hallelujah. Those things are good. And we need that in the back of Jesus Christ because it helps us so that those people would realize how the evil spirits that they are and the evil spirits can be cast out. Hallelujah. And you can realize of a good spirit, a man with the Holy Spirit, and those people can be impressed. But when it comes to the word of God, hallelujah, it goes beyond. Hallelujah. The spirits. It goes into the inner man, the heart of a man. Hallelujah. In the heart, there's the soul. And there can only be two things in that soul, faith or unbelief. And that is where the word of God wants to break in. It wants to get into the hearts of a man. In the heart of a man is where God himself dwells. Hallelujah. He takes his abode in the soul of a man. Hallelujah. So then when it is piercing, it is going beyond that. Hallelujah. So when we heard the message which was coming out and it was being revealed, by one man sent from God, named in our, in our age as the prophet of the age, he had the word of God as commissioned by God. Hallelujah. So his part of the discernment was going beyond the discernment of spirits. He would go beyond into the soul. He was showing for that God himself, like he did when he was in flesh, 
when he was defending the thoughts of men, he was not defending only the thoughts of men, he was defending their hearts when he defended the women of the world. Amen. It was not just their thoughts, it was what is in their heart. Hallelujah. When he defended Nathaniel, it was not just his thoughts, it was what in his heart. In the men who knew the no cow, it was what was in his heart. And when he came and showed forth the same sign of discernment upon one man of this age named William Marion Brenham, it was going beyond the discernment of spirits which any person could have, which any brother could have, which any person who church could have the discernment of spirits. It was going beyond that into the soul. Hallelujah. So the revealed grace of message of the hour when it is being proclaimed, this message of God that we have received, it has to go beyond, hallelujah, the thoughts of our hearts. It has to go into our heart and soul. Amen. And it was showing forth that the man named William Branham had the same sign of the main ministry like Jesus Christ had to discern the thoughts that was in the heart of a man. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Though William Marion could also have a one of the nine spiritual gifts, which was the discernment of spirits. Hallelujah. Just like Christ, he had the discernment of spirit, but he was also the designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hallelujah. Here is where people miss the thing. That these are two different operations. Hallelujah. Of the same spirit, the same word of God. Hallelujah. One goes into the heart of a man, and one goes into the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, let's go on. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. Now, this is what has happened when the church was being started. Glory to Almighty God. Oh, glory to Almighty God. When God was inaugurating his church, at the beginning of the church of the living God, God wanted to show forth where this word of God, how it would be a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. So this word of God, as it was designing the thoughts and the intents of the heart, look what happened on the day when the church of the living God received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And even Mary, right? Yes, so Mary had to go with her own children into the, into the upper room to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And at that inauguration of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when man was given the opportunity, hallelujah, to know eventually what is going to come out of their mouth. One named Peter, hallelujah, who always used to ask questions, hallelujah, and get answers from the questions that he asked God, hallelujah. Here is what Peter stood up and said, after he had preached his message, therefore, let the house of Israel know assuredly. This is part of his sermon, amen. That God has made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the people heard this, a type of what happens when the word of God comes and is piercing, even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and the designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When the people heard that, they were pricked in their hearts. What pricked them in their heart? Was it Peter? Or was it the word of God that was big and powerful, sharper than a Jewish word, piercing, hallelujah, that the word that is coming out of the mouth of God, the type of the church that is being started, that, that man that stood up was none other than the mouth of Christ and the church, all at the, all at the same time, hallelujah, in that, in that quotation we saw of the, of the seal of God, amen, where are we? Glory be to Almighty God. Yes, he was being shown that 
the tent of the hut, Peter stood up and rebuked in the hut. Then said Peter, the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They said unto Peter, These are the people that they preached. They said unto Peter and to the four apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Here is what we want to establish as we have the vision for what cause. We should be glad and rejoice when the word of God is coming forth and it is breaking our hearts. Hallelujah. This morning I was listening to a sermon which was being preached by Brother Stephen Maruna in Hanaya and now the word of God as it was coming, it was breaking the heart of my soul. It was hitting into the veil I almost heart and he was teaching on how the conduct and order of a church has to be. Hallelujah. The breakness of how that word of God that proceeded out of the mouth of God to identify, hallelujah, glory be to God, that this is the word not of a man, you have to feel that quickness. You have to have an element of that quickness. The word of God in what fault? We want that quickness of the word as it comes forth. In what manner it is in the fivefold ministry, if it is the word that's coming from the heart, from the God, because it is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart, it has to pierce. As it pierces, it has to pierce the heart. Hallelujah. Whether it be a prophetic message, a teaching message, a pastoral message, a, an apostolic message, an evangelistic message, it does not matter how it may come forth. But the identification that the mouth of God is being spoken to the church ages, the identification that the word of God is being proclaimed in what forth, there is an identification of how that word as it comes forth. Hallelujah. It breaks. In heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Two men walked once from Jerusalem to Imamas. And as they were walking down, they met a stranger that walked along with them. And these strangers were downcast. And they said, Have you not heard of what happened in Jerusalem? The one woman you was going to be our savior. They've crucified him. And the stranger started opening the scriptures. And was opening the scriptures, this particular stranger, he went from the book of Moses up to that day. And he was showing forth the scriptures. Hallelujah. And as he was showing forth the scriptures, he was about to pass by it when they were when they preached. But they constrained him. Something meant to say, no, this is what he's saying is coming into our hearts. They just constrained him and come into the house. They constrained him to come into the all the heart, the house of God. And when they entered into that heart, what did that those those two men say? He did something that he done before. He broke the bread. And which time when he broke the bread, more would come forth. Hallelujah. And as they noticed that breaking of bread, the way that that bread has been broken was similar to the similar manner that he used to break the bread of life. The way the message of God is proclaimed to the people has got a similar to nature to how God breaks the bread of life and feeds his people. And as that bread was being broken, hallelujah, their eyes were opened and they knew him. And they did not our hearts Ben, they didn't say, did you not hear, did you not understand? There's something that was pricking in their hearts. As it was pricking, their hearts were being bent. Hallelujah. Amen. That prickness is what we need. Men and brethren, what shall we do? We need to pray, hallelujah, that we have the same prickness of the Holy Ghost into the hearts of men and brethren that shall be coming over here. We have a burden. We have a responsibility. We have something that we have to proclaim to the people in Whiteford. And that is when they come to the Whiteford Fellowship, they should have the quickness in their heart 
And when they say men and brethren asking us here, who will face has been turned back to the face of the fathers, what shall we do? We'll give them the prescription, which is what Peter gave them. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Starting first from repentance, and then be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because once you have that gift, then you can feel the privilege. Amen. And then it says that that prescription that he gave was not just for the people that were hearing to these men that had asked Peter. It says for the promise which Peter was saying now in his sermon is unto you and your children and to as many as the Lord is, uh, shall call, even as many as the Lord shall call. The promise of that power that was in the word of God. The promise which Peter was speaking of, with which the apostles were drawn at Pentecost, is to you, Jews, and to your children, Jews, and to all them that are far off, Gentiles, and to as many as the Lord God shall call, both Jews and Gentiles, until he stops calling the Pentecostal message and the power that he says the word of God is supposed to do, will remain there. Hallelujah. So the word of God, when it is preached by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it should be the same as it ever was. Hallelujah. This is why when John is seeing that image of a word of, of, out of his mouth when they threw at the sword, it was not just for John's day or the apostles' day. It was unto every age. Hallelujah. Even unto what for? Hallelujah. It's just to proceed. Hallelujah. We are running out of time, but by God's grace, we shall, we, shall, we, shall, we shall speak about this. Because next week we have a visiting minister, and I just want to leave this message at a place where, when you continue on it, we will have reached this place. Amen. So here we see in, in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 16, the identification of him who are trying to identify who these characteristics are. Remember our message is God's characteristics identified in the vision. It was the vision that John was seeing. But in that vision, there were certain features, characteristics of this person, and these characteristics were an identity to us to show who this person is. And we have identified that was Jesus Christ and his church. Amen. Let us go on to see some of these characteristics. Here the particular characteristics of countenance. Countenance is what is it, what is what how how your face expresses. Like here, blessing was sitting over there, and his face was so sad. When he's sitting over there, his face is so smiling. When he was sitting over there and he said his face was sad, I told him get, get off and go and sit over there. Because I would tell his his countenance was a sad person. When he spoke, when he said over there, he was even in tears. I don't know what's happening in him, but it was the countenance which I saw. And I didn't want to be disturbed by his countenance. Because in the house of God, you should not be sad. You should actually be happy. Amen. And when he's sitting there, he's more happier than he is than when he's sitting there. It is the countenance of his face. Amen. That is why you are able to see the countenance. As we are sitting here, each one of us has got a countenance. Amen. If you are in the presence of God, there's a certain countenance. How your, how your face glows. Or your face expresses itself. Some countenance are so drowsy and they sleep in church. Amen. And those that are drowsy and they sleep in church, they are showing for the countenance that in that particular countenance, they are tired 
out of what they might have been doing. Amen. But it's the counting that shows whether they've got an interest or whether they don't have an interest. It goes on everywhere. In the days of Paul, some even some even fell asleep and fell down from the chest and died. Right in the house of God, when the word, when the word of God was being proclaimed. All because their countenance was set. And they went out of God and they died because they were not, did not want to wake up. And Paul had to go and pray for them and they rose up and began and the resurrection took place. Amen. So you have to know what countenance you have when you're in the house of God. And this countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. So let us see about the countenance of God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. We hear and read about how God's countenance to the disciples one time, he wanted to show forth his glory. The glory of his countenance. He did not want to show them the times when he was sad, like when he was in the grave of Lazarus as he wept. Hallelujah. The same God that wept in that countenance, yeah, he wanted to show forth how his face and his countenance of the same person can be glorified. So he took Peter, James, and John and bring them up into a high mountain in Matthew chapter 17. And he, trans- and he was transfigured before them. And look at how his countenance and his face did shine as the sun. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And there we are. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So here we know now that we are right in front of line. If the identification of John's characteristics was describing this particular person and was looking at the countenance of the face, and the countenance of the face was all fear of, 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 of that the sun was shining so bright, hallelujah, glory be to God. And we know when Jesus Christ himself, hallelujah, was on earth and he was drawn with Peter, James, and John, his face did shine. Hallelujah. And for him to know to have identification, he needed witnesses. In Israel, came for you, for your word to be established, he needed three witnesses. He needed three witnesses for him, for them to know that he actually has been transfigured and we saw his face. It wasn't the face as for the natural, it was as if the sun shines. There's no thing greater that God has ever created upon the face of earth as of the sun that shines. You can have all these electricities. All these light bulbs, all these street lights, but none of them would ever shine like the HUN sun that was created. The sun shines over the whole world. We have daylight here because of the sun HUN that is shining heaven. But what more of the spiritual sun, the SON, when he's shining? So when he was shining here, the SON, hallelujah, on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was the shining that existed. Oh, glory be to God. That shine exceeded the shining of this FUN sun. He was transfigured. Hallelujah. Amen. He was glowing. Amen. Because there's no way that a created thing would ever shine far above the creator. Hallelujah. So the FUN, when it is shining, it shines less than the very creator himself, God's son's face as it's shining. In that the holy city which we shall enter in. Hallelujah, Jerusalem. It will be a space that will have no need of light, of, 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 of the sunlight. Because that city will be shining the glory of God. Amen. And his face did shine. That's why it was so important that you had to take witnesses. Because if it ever was going to be told humanity 
the way they saw him, it would need to have witnessed it. And later on, one of them wrote about this transfiguration in his letters about how he shined so bright. How the S-O-N Son of Man, Jesus Christ, shined so bright into the heart of men and women. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. And his face did shine as the sun. And his remnant was as white as light. Let's hear what how Malachi 4, the prophet says about him. And he was transformed. In the message Patmos Vision, paragraph 2 to 8. What did he do? Passed himself into transformation. Over into his coming day. So as you are being transfigured here, God passed time. And he went forward ahead of their time and went to a coming day. It was in the future. The same day that was in the future that John did see. Hallelujah. So here the disciples had witnesses of the same thing. Even you know, the same thing of how he is shining. Amen. And now watch. Just a few hours before this, Jesus made this quotation. Back there in the next chapter. Just in Matthew chapter 16. Very, very saying to you that some stands here. How many knows what I'm going to talk about? Some stands here shall not pass away nor die until they see the Son of Man coming in glory. And a few days later, Peter, John, and James saw him. Amen. In that transfiguration. And John even had the privilege of having a double portion because he saw him again in the first vision of, of this coming day. Amen. Glory be to God. Look, what's the first thing they seen? They seen Jesus. They taken Jesus up on the mountain. He taken them up and he was transfigured before them. Transformed. Here's the message. Paragraph 929. And this woman shined like the sun in the middle of his strength. And they appeared unto him Moses and Elijah. What form is the Son of Man coming in now? Now the prophet goes in to show the form that this Son of Man that we are talking about the heaven is countenance. And first will appear. Yeah, Christ is showing unto Peter, John, and James the form of his coming because he has been transfigured into another day which is in the future. And as he's been transfigured into a day which is in the future, he wants to show forth how he is coming. Amen. As we are here in Watford and our message is about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have, we have, we have spoken earlier on, hallelujah, earlier on about what is this Oh, but how, how this is going to be? The voice of many more, that voice that God is preaching the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in what form we are also preach the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And in what form he is going to come? He showed it to Peter, John, and James. There, when he had Moses and Elijah. What form is the Son of Man coming in now? And who appear first will be Moses and Elijah. Yes. What Abraham says, as it goes further, the Bible says so. Jesus saw him there. The apostles saw him there. The order of the coming of the Son of Man glorified. He's talking about the second coming of, of, of Jesus Christ. The first coming we've had. But he's talking about the second coming of our Lord and Jesus Christ. But in his second coming, he's coming in a glorified manner. As his face shineth as the, as, as the sun. In his strength. Hallelujah. And in that glorified, he is to be glorified and coming back. Amen. There are a lot of things my brother says here, but we're talking about 
we want the order. So we will, we will skip that and get to the order. The first thing before they saw him was what? Elijah. In that transfiguration, the first thing before we sit is he was being glorified. They first saw Elijah. Then what? Moses. See, Israel yonder, the law keepers, and the glorified son of men. Hallelujah. Do you see the order of his coming in that glorified manner? The order of it is you have to see the first thing first, Elijah. And then Moses, the spirit of Elijah, or, or a witness of the last church age. So in that moment, the transfiguration is giving them a witness of his coming, that you have to see the spirit of Elijah coming, hallelujah, in the order of his second coming, which will be the glorified coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's an order of it. The first order of it would be the spirit of Elijah and the witness of it in the last day age. Which is the age which will be at the end of the ages, which is the Laodicean age. There will be an altar of a man with the spirit of Elijah. See, coming in power to manifest him. Hallelujah. And then after that, you will have to see the spirit of Moses. It is 144,000. That will be the prophet God going to say that in that message. Amen. Now, it was us to see this spirit of Elijah. We also want to see how his face did shine in Mount Transfiguration. Because that was the same, that was the type of what was going on in the coming of the second, of the second coming of men. Hallelujah. Now, it's a prefigure of his coming. A prefigure, not something that is actually happening, but something that happens before that event happens. As a prefigure of his coming, God let us know an identification of that happening. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, amen, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as if it was the sun. Again, we are seeing an identification of a countenance. The countenance of a third person we know. We have an example of blessings while he was there. And the countenance of a happy person we know. We have the example of blessings while he is there. The countenance show forth how you are like. And here we are having a prefigure of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he shall come, he will be so glorified. Hallelujah. That his sun, his face will shine as a countenance. And the sun shines in his strength. Amen. But in a prefigure, his face was this way. The sun and the feet as pillars of fire. Amen. And this event took place. That fulfillment of that scripture. Revelation chapter 10, verse 1, took place. It's now history. People might, might argue against it. People might say whatever they want. But there was the, there's a time that every scripture is going to be fulfilled. There's a time when Jesus Christ went in the temple and then he took the book and he read out of the Bible the scriptures that he read to himself. And then he closed the book and then he handed it back to the people that said, and said, This day is this scripture fulfilled before you pay. Very own eyes. Why? Because a scripture which is talking about something to happen in the future. The time comes when that future event arrives. And those scriptures must be fulfilled for that event. So the time for the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 10, verse 1, had to come to a that particular time. And we are witnesses, glory be to God, of the fulfillment of this particular scripture. When in 1953 it happened, we might not have been there or born, but we've got witnesses far above, and we have believed in those witnesses. 
Just as much as we will not delay when Peter, John, and James saw the Mount Transfiguration. But we believed their testimony that God himself transfigured. Hallelujah. And you sang with faith, did shine. Hallelujah. So here is what happened in 1963. We have to speak of the things that we believe in. We believe that in 1963, the fulfillment of this scripture was taking place. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. God with the cloud and the realm was upon his head. They took pictures of what was happening there. A son of man, a son of man, amen, happened to be in a place called Sunset Mountain. Amen. And if he was there under a prophetic utterance of what had happened to his followers in Panam Tabernacle, he went over to Arizona. And while in Arizona, there he was picked up and went into that cloud. Amen. And witnesses saw the cloud were far and wide. And it was a mysterious cloud. It was 26 miles high. Amen. And 30 miles across. Where no cloud can form. Amen. When they did find out, hey, this cloud is so mysterious, they took pictures of it. And then several pictures were taken as it was moving from this place and it was going back east. It was in the west side. Hallelujah. But here, it was now moving back east. Why? Because Jeffersonville was in the east and Arizona was in the west. And the prophet was being told, go back and preach the seven seals, which were in Jeffersonville in the east. Amen. And here, the cloud, as it is, mysterious cloud. Amen. It was taking pictures. It wasn't even taking pictures by believers. There were witnesses there. There was Fred Sotman, Jim Norman, and I forgot the other person. But we will read about them in the, in the next few minutes. Hallelujah. And this and now the prophet is making reference to this fulfillment. Now remember, if this was fulfilled, then we have to see this element of the characteristic of God, his countenance, and his face was it. This was the sun. Amen. Now as this picture was given, now this picture. Amen. Hallelujah. Talking about this picture. Glory be to God. We are talking about the characteristic of his countenance. I was standing looking at it. And something, I was standing in my room. And something said, turn it to the right. I listened. Now the prophet, the why he had to take this particular time to try to find out about this picture that he was being referred to. Because when the picture was taken, it was 1966. Amen. But when the people now were asking questions, people now were asking questions about it. All right. Let me see if I've got it. Right. People now were asking questions about that picture in 1965. Although the prophet had seen it, but it was 1965 that is proclaiming this. Amen. Let's see. Let's see what the people are saying. All right. I see. Let me see if I have got it. Right. Here it is, 1965, in the message spiritual food in two seasons. To the month later on, the people in Branham Tabernacle were still talking about the picture. Although the prophet had seen that picture, and they took it, they took the picture. Still, they don't know what about it. They don't know what about it. Here, some time ago, everybody saying, look here, this looks like this, and them angels being how they are folded in there. So everybody is talking about that picture. Two years later, everybody is talking about that picture. 
Amen. And the thing, this looks like this. Up to this day, they are still talking about that picture. Amen. This looks like this. The angel looks out there for the death. Then one day, the prophet says, turning into the right, looking there, was Jesus Christ just as perfect as Hoffman drawed him. Now the prophet used to see this picture. This is Hoffman's picture. Amen. And the prophet is saying that one day turning into the right, looking there was Jesus Christ as perfect as Hoffman ever drawed him. He is identifying the picture there with a picture that he had seen of Hoffman. Amen. And Hoffman's picture was a man that was an artist that lived some time after the death of Jesus Christ. And he was inspired and he drew this picture. And it is not even the picture of Christ, but it is something that has come as close to the picture of Christ. Christ is not in this image, but the prophet says it was the closest thing that he has ever seen that comes as close as the picture of Christ. No man would ever see the face of Jesus Christ and be able to describe him. Hallelujah. Even the prophet was given the privilege. If you go in the message, certain event, he gives a prophet, he gives a portion and a paragraph of how he describes the face of Jesus Christ as he saw him when he was praying for his own father. When he was still young, praying for his father. The angel, the, the, the angel of the Lord came and looked at him and the prophet described that. Amen. But he said it was he, he said it was as close as Hoffman's picture. Amen. One day he turned into the night, look here, was Jesus Christ, just as perfect as Hoffman ever drawed him. Something said to me, excuse me, turn it right. And I thought, I think I'm looking at it right. The prophet, when he was looking at it in this way, he said, I think I'm looking at it right. To him it was right. Amen. And then he said, that same thing voiced it again. Turn it right again. I thought maybe that voice means turn it right. So on the third time, that's when the prophet caught it. Before then, he had said he he in the man said, turn it right. In the message, spiritual food, you see him saying, turn it right three times. But it was on the third time that the prophet said, I thought maybe the voice means turn it right. And sometimes people do not get the message of God because they are not telling the message of God right. They are telling it on the wrong side when they are telling them supposed to turn it on the right side. Hallelujah. So when the prophet was saying, turn the picture on the right side, it also means that we, when we have to look at the message, we have to see it on the right side of the message. Hallelujah. And he said, when I, when I did, you see what it is? Hoffman's head of Christ at 33. Yes, look at it. See his black hair? Now the prophet is describing it. His black beard, his face, his eyes, his nose and everything else. See the part in his hair where coming is whipped with that white angel which to show the message. To show that the message of him being God is the truth. Amen. So the prophet is now describing this. We don't have a clear picture of it because maybe I took it off a mountain. When you have the original script that they had, you see that there will be eyes there, eyes there, a nose like there, a beard there, and a wig there. Why? Because this picture has been turned right. It's been turned right. Amen? So when it's turned right, it looks like this. Amen? And you see the picture of there. And there's the end, as it was. And there's the picture of this with the face. Amen? Glory be to God. He is the supreme judge of all the universe. 
supreme judge of heaven. He is God, nothing else but God. He is God expressed in human form called the Son of God, which the Son of was the man. And if that make our that don't make our message exactly right. Because we have turned the message right. Amen. Identified by the scriptures, identified in service, identified by his presence. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. Here he is just as perfect as it was ever forever, ever, as it is ever been photographed of him. Oh, glory to God. As if it has been ever photographed of him, they are looking at it from the wrong angle. They still argue when they are looking at it from this angle. They still argue when they are looking at it from this angle. They think, hey, is this a cloud? Was there nothing? Because they are looking at it from this angle. They have never changed that picture right. If they ever change it right, then there will be no argument. Amen. But when they are looking at it on the wrong angle, they argue about it. Hallelujah. When they, when they look, when they turn it on the right side, hallelujah, you go to look at it on the right angle. Only the Lord can reveal. Hallelujah. It's only the Lord who can reveal which is the right angle. Amen. When they are still looking at it from the wrong angle, it will not yet be revealed to them. Hallelujah. That is Revelation chapter 10, verse 1 being fulfilled. Hallelujah. They are still looking at it from the wrong angle. But when they look at it from the right angle, they have to see his countenance as if it was the sun. Because that's the identification of him. The characteristic that John saw him on Patmos was as his face is counted as this of the sun. Hallelujah. The characteristic that Peter, John, and James, Peter, Peter, James, Peter, John, and James saw was as the sun. Hallelujah. And now, we in this last day have got to see the same characteristic of his face as this of the sun. Turn it to the right and look at it. There is just as perfect as it's been photographed up there. The first time I ever, I ever seen him, he looked like the head of Hoffman. I've never seen that before. He's never seen this before. Hoffman, head of Christ. But in Billy Sanders' tabernacle, there was a great evangelist called Billy Sanders in the prophet's day. Amen. And the prophet used to go to his tabernacle to listen and sit in the pews to listen to Billy Sanders' sermons. Amen. The prophet used to go to some of the Pentecostals. Paul Ryder used to go into Paul Ryder's tabernacle and listen to Paul Ryder. The great Pentecostals, they used to sit under them and listen to their sermons. Amen. Now we have ministries that do not want to sit under another man's ministry. Amen. How can you have a ministry when you've never sat under another ministry before? You also have to hear what other ministries are saying. Even when you have a ministry here, you also have to hear what other people's ministries are saying. And the prophet here used to go to peace and stuff in heaven. Amen. And that is where he saw movement, head of Christ. Amen. And ever since, my house has never been without one of these pictures. He's always advocated for these pictures to be in the house. When he marries couples, he says, I wish that they could have movement, head of Christ, in, the, in, the, in their houses. Amen. He actually says it will bring peace. Amen. It's up to you to believe it's not, but I believe it. Amen. See, so we, Federal Best Fellowship, believe in this countenance as if it was the sun. We have, as in our identification of the vision that we have, we have, and we are putting across our witnesses across, and among us, our letterheads, among us, the letterhead of our fellowship, we have that picture. Amen. We will have another one which we show forth as an open Bible with 
with a red shirt on the middle of it. But here we have this identification, meaning we believe that this face. Now it says that in this face shines a him to the sun. If we look on the on the on life magazine, on the original picture of life magazine, Brother Peter Chandler has it. I've seen it in his office. I also saw it when I was in Zimbabwe, in Brother Chester's office, in Brother Chester's day. Amen. And here, if you look at the picture, there's a light brightness over there. The shining of his face, hallelujah, is was brighter on this side. Amen. Glory be to God. His face, as it was shining on the picture, as a prefigure. That is not the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a prefigure. He shall give you a foretaste of it. Amen. Of his coming. He will be coming. The literal Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes, the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen. And we which are alive shall be caught up to go and meet him in the clouds. But here, he has come in a revealed way. Hallelujah. As a prefigure of what he's going to come in. Amen. And here, when he's coming, what is coming, his face just shines on that right side. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just showing you the identification and how we are identified with the characteristic of God. Amen? Amen. This is just our witness card, which I was going to put up. Amen. So, amen. May we stand up. Glory be to God. This characteristic express Jesus Christ. The characteristics that are in Revelation chapter, chapter 1, verse 10 onwards, they are expressing Jesus Christ and his bride. Amen? And each characteristic there identifies him from the Bible, identifies him by the scriptures, identifies it with what we believe, identifies what John says and what we are holding on to. Amen. As we lay this foundation. Amen. And this face was as if was as the sun. Amen. I just want to read this portion of scripture while we are drawing our hearts to a close. Amen. The same scripture that we've been reading. Amen. But only one scripture ahead. That's verse 15. Amen. I just want to read verse 17 as we are drawing to a close. After John has seen all these characteristics, seven of them, there's something that he did which is phenomenal, which I wish each one of us and I included, and the whole world would know and would do. Amen. In verse 17 he says, And when I saw him, when John saw this characteristic and identified him, look what he did. I fell at his feet. At death. Hallelujah. He did not stand up. When he saw the characteristic of God, he fell down at his feet. Hallelujah. And this time when we see the characteristic of God, we fell down at his feet. We come before the Lord in humility. We go at his feet. Like we come in the house of the Lord, we come to his feet. We go at a place where we can see the characteristic of God and we fell and we go down at his feet. As his feet will come to him in humility. Hallelujah. As we are about to pray, we go before the Lord at his feet. How many want to go before him at his feet? So many people know and read that every knee shall bow. Amen. Every tongue shall confess of Jesus Christ. If then, then that do not want to accept Jesus Christ this day, there will come a day when they shall have to bow and every knee shall confess. Amen. Because if they don't do it on this day, 
So we don't wait on judgment. Amen. So why do we wait until then when every opportunity has been given? It's his day to kneel down and go at his feet. When I saw him, he's gone at the cross of Isaac. I fell at his feet. Amen. Let us go for the feet of the Lord at that. And he did something and laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. Those are the great words that I would like to hear God say to me when I'm at his feet. I don't want to exalt myself as if I'm somebody before his feet when I'm a nobody. And he says, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And as the keys of hell and death shall we pray. Glory to Almighty God. As we go.